Welcome to Riches in Christ Radio Ministry with Diane Kennedy. Please stay tuned at the end of today's lesson. We'll give you information on how you can acquire this week's tape, along with information about our weekly meetings and website. Now, here's Diane Kennedy. This week we're continuing our discussion of the importance of knowing the hope to which we're called. And we're adding to it, you need to be able to give people a reason for the hope you have. If you don't have any hope, you can't give them a reason. One of, well, let me say it this way. People want to know, how do I serve the Lord? I don't have time to go to church. I can't be a missionary. I've got kids. i got to go to my work. You can shine the light of Jesus wherever you are. And people who have hope in dark times shine like a light. And then when people approach you and ask you, why do you have hope? The country's falling apart. <clears throat> we have political turmoil. Half the country doesn't want the government in power. The other half is afraid the government in power is going to be taken by force by those that don't want it. There's all this turmoil. How can you be hopeful in the midst of this? Well, the only way you can have that kind of hope is if you understand the big picture. Things are going to get worse before the return of the Lord to this earth. Jesus is coming back to complete the plan of redemption. And if you keep your eyes focused on that, you'll realize that in terms of eternity, the turmoil that's going on right now is not that big of a deal. And the most important thing is not that people are persuaded to your political point of view, but that people come to saving knowledge of Jesus. Now, yesterday we were making the point that everybody who has ever been born on this earth, including Adam and Eve, who were specially created by God, they're all somewhere now. Nobody ceases to exist at physical death. When your body dies, you don't cease to be. Your body returns to dust because of the curse of death in the earth, but you pass into the unseen realm, either heaven or hell, depending on what you've done with Jesus in this life. And everybody who's put faith in God's saving grace through the cross of Christ is in heaven now, and they're waiting to return to earth for the completion of the plan. What's the plan? God made this earth to be home for himself and his family of redeemed sons and daughters. Everybody in heaven is waiting to return to earth to be reunited with their physical body raised from the dead, made incorruptible and immortal, and they will live on this earth made new, restored to what it was always supposed to be before sin entered in. We'll live with God on this earth, and life will be what it was always meant to be. And yesterday I started back in the book of Genesis and just hopefully gave you, helped you to see there's way more people involved in this. Adam and Eve are waiting for the return of Jesus. Enoch is waiting for the return of Jesus. Cain is waiting for the return of Jesus. Noah is waiting for the return of Jesus. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are waiting for Jesus to return. Because they know a plan is unfolding that will be completed. We left off with Job yesterday. That's the earliest, or it's the, the first book, the first book of the Bible. It's not located there, but it's the earliest book of the Bible. It's an account of an incident Moses heard about when he was in the land of Midian for 40 years. Job, in Job, the oldest written record, 
is, I'm sorry, let me start again. In Job, we find the oldest written record of somebody anticipating resurrection from the dead, indicating that men have been looking for it since early, since Earth's earliest days. Job was not a covenant man. He was not a descendant of Abraham. Yet he knew, uh, Job 19, 25, and 26, he knew that even though his body, let me just read it for you in case you're not familiar with it. This is one of my most favorite verses in the Bible. For I know that my Redeemer lives. See, remember God promised a Redeemer right there in the Garden of Eden after Adam and Eve sinned. He promised a Redeemer who would come and undo the damage done by sin. Job said, For I know that my Redeemer lives and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. He knew he was coming back to earth. He knew he wouldn't see it in his lifetime. He knew his body would go into the grave and disintegrate. He knew he'd come back and stand on earth with his Redeemer. Now, you know Job's story. Job's story is actually a story. It's a mini story of redemption. Remember, due to circumstances of life and his sin-cursed earth, he lost his health, his wealth, and his family. The only, those are whole lessons for another day. The only New Testament comment on Job is found in James chapter 5 verse 11, and it commends Job's endurance. He stayed faithful to God despite tremendous hardships, and it tells us to look at the end of his story. Well, we go to the end of the story in Job 42.10, and we find out that God turned the captivity of Job. What happened to him is called captivity, and gave him twice what he had. Job received restoration of what was lost because of the curse of death that's present in this world due to sin. He got his health back, he got his wealth back, and he actually got twice as much. If you read, I don't have time to read it, he ended up with twice as many livestock as he had when the whole ordeal started. But some of the restoration came in the life to come. See, this is key to understand. Job had ten children, all of whom were killed catastrophically. We're told that at the end of his story, Job had ten more children. Now that's not double. That's replacement. That's not double unless you understand that his first ten children didn't cease to exist when they died. Unless you understand that Job was reunited with all of them when he left this earth, and he was actually reunited with the ten new brothers and sisters and sons and daughters when they left this earth. All of them, the whole family, Job and his twenty sons and daughters, will return to live on this earth again in their original body when Jesus comes. Now, why am I telling you this? I want you to see this is real. A plan is actually unfolding. There are people in heaven anticipating a return to earth. Earth made right. Life made right. Restoration. God's a restorer. Some restoration comes in this life. Some comes in the life ahead. Some in heaven and some on the new earth. There's no, every loss is temporary. All missed opportunities are simply postponed opportunities for those who know the Lord. And that is our hope. There's so much we could say about this. Now, back to our key verse. Peter penned the key verse of this lesson. Be ready with a reason for the hope that lies within you. 
Peter was aware of everything I've just shared with you because he knew the Old Testament. Peter was alive when the Redeemer finally came to earth. He was alive during the first coming of Jesus. He saw Jesus, and then he witnessed the resurrection, the visible proof that death has been conquered. And Peter devoted the rest of his life to telling the reasons for the hope he had, even in the face of death as a martyr. When Peter wrote his first letter, his first epistle, persecutions had begun in Rome under Emperor Nero. Christians were also being mistreated in the provinces of Asia, what you and I know as modern-day Turkey, and Peter wrote to encourage Christians and give them hope. Here in chapter 3, where we find our key verse, he began in verses 3 through 9 by reminding his, I'm sorry, I want chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. I'm not going to read them in the interest of time, I don't think. He began by reminding his readers that because of the resurrection of Jesus, we have been born again to a living hope. And then he encouraged his readers not to be moved by the persecutions or the trials they were facing. He reminded them of their hope that there's a salvation ready to be revealed from heaven. And then he went on in verses 10 through 12 to remind them that it's the salvation God has been promising since Adam sinned. It's the same one that has been the focus of every generation of believers since mankind's earliest days. He used what I'm using to encourage you. They were facing imperial persecution, persecution from Rome by Nero, who was a crazy person. I don't know how much you know about him, but he would light Christians on fire and use them as human torches. That's the kind of thing these people were facing. And Peter said, stay faithful. It's worth it. It's worth it because a plan is unfolding and a salvation will be revealed on this earth, the completion of the plan. It's the same one everybody's been looking for since Adam fell. Then he exhorted them in verse 13, Therefore, concentrate your minds with the strictest self-control and fix your hopes on the blessing that is coming for you at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Peter's admonishment to them in the face of challenges generated by government and social decisions was focused on the big picture. That's what I'm telling you. In the face of challenges generated by social decisions, by government decisions, by increasing lawlessness and injustice, was focused on the big picture. Verses 18 through 21, you've been redeemed, not with perishable things, but with the precious blood of Christ. He has chosen us for this before the world began and has manifest, and it's been manifested in these last times. A plan is unfolding. God raised him up. We have hope. Jesus will complete the plan. Because you've been redeemed, you have a part in it. In it, you have a life ahead that far outshines anything this life offers. As we said earlier in the week, Peter faced death with that confidence. This doesn't mean there's no help or provision for us in this life. Scripture is filled with examples of God giving temporal help to people in difficult times, including including Peter. He was in that crowd the day that Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and your needs will be met. He heard Jesus say that. He understood, though, what's most important, that people come to saving knowledge of Jesus, that they acknowledge him as Savior and Lord. 
Peter recognized that when people have hope in dark times, it shines on the world around them. Therefore, he told Christians in chapter 3, verse 15, But in your hearts, set Christ apart as holy and acknowledge him as Lord. Always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope that is in you, but do it courteously and respectfully. That's how the Amplified verse reads. If you're focused on the big picture, you'll have hope no matter what is happening in this country or this world. If you have hope, it will be visible to those who are around you. Then when people ask you why you have hope, because you understand the plan that's unfolding, you'll have something of eternal value to share with them. And in doing this, you'll fulfill Jesus' instructions to seek first the kingdom of God. You can invite them to the hope to which you've been called. When you die, it's not over for you. When their candidate wins, it's not over for us. Our future is just beginning. We'll talk about this next week some more. Amen. You've been listening to Diane Kennedy of Riches in Christ. To order this week's teaching on CD, be ready for our number coming up soon. Diane teaches locally every Friday night at 7.30 p.m. near Highway 44 in Jameson at 4720 Jameson. Praise and worship is provided by Mercy's Child before each lesson. Riches in Christ provides a website at www.richesinchrist.com where you can listen to this week's radio lesson, download years of teachings and outlines, sign up for free weekly outlines, and order Diane's book, God is Good and Good Means Good. Friends, knowing that God is good is the single most important thing to stand on when trouble hits. If you think the trouble comes from or is allowed by God, then you need this book. For information or to order this week's lesson on CD, call us at 1-888-739-6619. Please mention today's date. Our number again is 1-888-739-6619.